0: Listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome in to a Victory Edition game recap of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. All Houston, all original. Uh, I'm your host, Don Knock. You can find me on Twitter and Green Room and the new Air app at Don Knock. Um, as always, make sure you subscribe, rate review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, or um, follow the pod on Twitter at Apollo Launchpad, as well as the flagship Apollo HOU account. Um, joining me today for this recap episode is fellow Apollo contributor Prodigy. Um, what's up, Prodigy? We never know, let up, everyone, everyone know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, you can find me at Prology on Twitter with a three inside of
0: an E at the end there. Excellent. And like I said, um, today we're going to be doing a recap episode for the first preseason game that happened today. Um, the Rockets won against the Washington Wizards 120 to 116. Um, you know, it was a very interesting game. Uh, we're going to do first segment. We're going to talk a little bit about about a trade that happened during the game. We're going to talk about our player of the game and then some general rotation um, topics. Then in segment two, we're going to try to keep it short for y'all today. We're going to talk about some other performances. There were a lot of performances um, that were good, a lot of things to be excited about, but we're going to jump into the first point here. We had a trade, like I mentioned. Um, The Rockets decided that they were going to make a trade for... Sekou Dembouya and a second-round pick for one hundred and ten thousand dollars in cash um, from the Brooklyn Nets. The pick is unprotected in twenty twenty-four, and um, I think it was Tim McMahon reported that the Rockets are going to buy out uh, Sekou once he arrives or before he arrives here, I should say. Um, do you have any thoughts on this problem? He's kind of like a little asset play here. I, I like I mean- it. Not, not pretty low risk, high upside.
1: If if Stone got Tillman to agree with parting with, uh, I think Doomboy uh, Doom has three point six guaranteed on his deal uh, this year, and then plus the one hundred and ten k or whatever. I mean, sure, it's it's a, it's a pretty simple salary dump. We take we take Doomboy into one of the, the trade of the player exceptions, and we get a second round pick for it. I think the the only thing intriguing about this trade is first, it's kind of expensive for a second round pick. But as, as I said, if Tillman's okay with it, who cares? But the most important thing is this trade is tied with another trade. That is, uh, the Pacers dump Edmund Sumner, who's interest for the season, to the Nets, and the Nets are waving Sumner for another second-round pick. So it begs the question, couldn't the Rockets just have short, like taken the Nets out of the deal and taken Sumner and waived them for the second-round pick that the Pacers got? Which means... They had a choice. They had the choice between the 2024 Brooklyn um, second round pick and the, the 2025 Miami second round pick. That's what Brooklyn got for the, the Edmund Sumner dump. So, uh, I don't know, speculating a little bit, why do the Rockets feel like a Brooklyn pick in 2024 is better than a Miami pick in 2025? It just feels weird. Just some food for thought. Uh, we could speculate that maybe, maybe they they know something that we don't. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point for sure. Um, we're going to transition to second topic. Um, player of the game. Uh, I think we kind of touched on this briefly before. Not exactly a production meeting, but you know, a little bit of a combo before we fired up the stream. Um, both of our player of the game is going to be Kevin Porter Jr. You know, he had a great game um he logged 28 minutes it was nine for 17 from field goal for for 52.9 percent five of 10 from three 50 obviously um unlike certain people that we'll kind of touch on later he did make both of his free throws so that was very good to see um he brought in four rebounds and five assists and his passing or sorry for a total of 25 points by the way um but his passing was something that was definitely on display early. I thought his handle also looked improved from last year. He was really able to get wherever he wanted to go on the court. Um, that was something that immediately stood out to me was, you know, he had a, a variety of moves he was throwing in there with some um, some in-and-out dribbles, you know, some hesitation dribbles, some crossovers as well. And he was really able to, you know, get to his spots. Um, he did a good job using his pivot foot as well. That was something I, I felt like he was very effective with and getting uh, into the post a couple of times as well um, and using that pivot, like I mentioned. Um, You know, I wrote a a season preview for KPJ for Apollo that's going to come out soon. And one of the big things I mentioned in that season preview was his shooting. And this was a strong statement for him to come out and shoot like this. Um, And just to run the offense, you know, it wasn't, he got hot from three, and then he really kind of started to take over. But before he got hot shooting-wise, he was really kind of letting the game come to him. Everyone was was getting involved in the offense kind of equally. Um, and then once he did get hot, he started to take you know take on more of that scoring load. But I, I don't think he did that, you know, in a way that he shouldn't have done it right. You know, I think he really let the game come to him, and once he knew he was hot, then he really, you know, put his imprint on the game from a scoring standpoint, not just passing, but – Pro, what are your thoughts on, on KBJ's performance tonight? I think everyone's going to be pretty pleased with it, but let the people know what you think.
1: Yeah, um, I, I first of all, I agree with everything you said, just to add on to what you said. Um, I think something that stood out to me, you know, maybe a couple of things was he made a footer with with his right hand and he's a lefty, so I, I don't remember from last season how good he was with, with his offhand, so it's good to see that he that he got a footer to go um, with his offhand. Um, other than that, I, I really like seeing him aggressive. Uh, we saw him, we saw him getting guarded by I think it was Aaron Holiday, who's a smaller guard, and we saw him instantly like driving him in the post, trying to gain position. And yeah, I think he scored off that off that play too. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, with KPJ, always, it's always about confidence. And I think today was the first day. Or the first game in a while, or at least in recent memory, where we didn't see KPJ we only saw him pass up one three. So he had one three that he like loaded up and then went back down with it and didn't didn't actually shoot it where when he did have the space to do so. And yeah. to me, that's the real improvement. To me, what he needs to what he needed to work on in the offseason was his confidence. And seeing him not pass, not pass up those shots and taking them even if, if he missed. To, to begin the game it, it it was really good to see
0: yeah and two of his attempts were catch and shoots I think one of those actually Green got him the ball I think another one was uh, Christian Wood that passed to yep. him so it was good to see him get some off ball work as well you know because a lot of people have questioned the fit with Jalen Green you know Green needs a ball in his hand KPJ needs a ball in yeah. his hand but we really saw KPJ you know be able to be a floor spacer with his three-point shot um and one thing I will touch on you know his defense has really been a question mark and, and we kind of got in into the today, um, on Twitter with, uh, the athletic Sam Bassini actually, uh, it was a high profile skirmish, if you will, but you know, we, some of the points brought up on there was, you know, is KPJ going to be able to defend, um, good enough to not, you know, basically force the Rockets hand to move him. And, you know, I wouldn't say he had to, any sort of, you know, all defense level performance today, but I would say that his effort today on the defensive end was at least a small step in the right direction compared to what we saw last year. I know i am touched on it a lot, but he came in out of shape, and he had to play his way back into shape, and it seemed like his energy level was more consistent in this game, and he was able to do some things. Um, he had a couple blocks that he went for. He had, um, I think he had a couple steals as well. Let me just double check he that. Had, so one, he one, has steal, a steal and a one block. Steal. Yeah. yeah.
1: I so, think uh, yeah, and- I think about it, his defense. Yeah, there was like something I I I think I like I understood during the game is uh, to start the game he was getting beat off the dribble a little a little bit. Uh, people have to on his lack of like his speed, uh, his lateral weakness, uh, and this and him getting blown by it, blown by it, uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't know if, the, if it was just me, and I think at, at the beginning of the game he was getting blown by by with with. A little bit of ease, but and then as the game went on, he started guarding people further and further back. And eventually, someone I think it was Raul Meadow or something like that, um, like he was so far away from them contesting the shot that they just sh- shot over him. And that's definitely something he's going to have to work on. But on yeah. the other hand, we he definitely showed flashes of a lot of hustle and a lot of uh help defense and he he one of the one of the blocks he got was was helping daniel tice who was contesting the shot. Um it's good to see that at least the effort is there and if the effort's there eventually the rest will come together and uh, yeah I think KPJ won't ever be bad enough for him to be unplayable as a point guard. Like yeah you can very easily hide the point guard on, on offense if need be and he's he's offense the the offense that he's been showing if he keeps developing on the on the on these offense i think it's really a no-brainer that he's not going to get treated unless something crazy happens
0: yeah and like i said this is a big statement game to, to come out with but uh let's move into the next topic here just some some general rotation um you know some general rotation analysis looking at the starters right Jalen green got the most minutes he 29 kbj was right there with him at 28 so those that that's your you know, hopefully perennial future all-star backcourt right there. Christian Wood got 23 minutes, so, you know, about four or five minutes less than those other guys. Gordon was next, who we also found out again right before the game that Gordon was going to be, um, the, the we'll say, the fifth starter um, playing at the three. And then after that, Tice um, had about the same level of minutes as Gordon, about 20 minutes um, for Tice. And then after that, you had Tate house in Nawaba, with the next three um spots with 18 17 and 16 minutes respectively um i think that's probably about the order that we i wouldn't say the order i think that's probably about the you know top group that we expected um shangun trailed them a little bit by uh with sorry with 13 minutes so you know, Shingoon, I was asked the other day when I thought Shingoon's minutes would be, I said about 15. And, you know, this wasn't a full minutes load because the, they pulled all most of the starters um, towards the end to let the, the bench guys get some minutes. But, like I said, this is about the rotation I thought was going to happen. The distribution may be a little different because it's, like I so said, not a full um, game, allotment of minutes. And if, you know, they let the starters stay in, they probably would have been a little bit higher for some of these bench guys. But, um, is that about what you saw coming into it um, for the ordering? Once we found out that Gordon would be the, the fifth starter, Pro.
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised that I mean we played 15 guys. That's that's kind of crazy, but I was kind of su- surprised that Nuaba actually got a lot of minutes with with the main guys. Um, I think a lot of people would have put would have put House above him, and I think we saw him plenty with with the main the main lineup. And something about about the rotations I, I expect um wood to play more of the five because i I think we saw today that him at the five was a lot more effective offensively than him at the four next to next to Theis. uh so I think we'll be more effective um having Thais sit in the corner and wood playing the pick and roll than the other way around
0: yeah uh, and I touched and, on that I touched on that in a tweet as well where I, I kind of said um you know, it seemed like when they are in that two big alignment, they really weren't using Wood as a screener a lot. I think that's kind of what you're getting at with with that statement, yep. right? You know, he was basically being used as the spacer, and I think he is going to be a better three point shooter than tai, So To some level, it does make sense um, to have him be more of the spacer, but I think they do need to get him involved in the screen game a, a lot more, even if it's pick and pop or something along those lines.
1: Yeah, and. Wood's inside finishing is really good and it's one of his main strengths. And if you really want to get him going, you got to get him those touches like inside in the paint. Uh, he's not uh, a back to the basket big, even though he had a a really cool drop step. Um, dunk on I think it was Gafford at the time. I think it was Gafford. Let's not try, let's yeah, let's not try and make wood a post player. Wood's not a post player, wood's the most versatile big off ball that you can have he can do it all and i think there's no purpose turning him into someone who can generate his own shot if it comes at the cost of his other qualities um uh also he we saw him a lot trying to like make make stuff happen from the perimeter and driving into the lane and and being pretty easily stopped i think that's also not his game he's easily um, better at attacking when he gets the pass instantly Like giving him the ball at the f court and expecting him to do stuff is also not probably not the best idea.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with everything you said there and, and we'll see if they're going to use some more interesting, you know, sets and movement between those two. I think there's are some interesting things that they can do, you know, like some horns, some double drag, things of that nature um to kind of get those guys both involved at the same time but we'll give silas and, and co like a you know we'll give them at least a few games into the regular season to kind of get that going but they did say they were going to use kind of like a stripped down game plan just for for this game and you know even with that stripped down game plan we saw a lot of guys do well so we'll get into that in the second segment we're gonna to cut to a break right now so stay with us Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. ApolloHou, All Houston. All original. And welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast. Special game recap episode. Once again, we're presented by Apollo Media. All Houston. All original. And we actually just um, launched a bunch of new Rockets gear. So go check that out on the Apollo HOU website. Um, the link will be in the description if y'all want to check that out. Um, but yeah, some great new merch, for sure. Uh, once again, we're joined by fellow Apollo contributor, Prodigi. Um, And now we're going to get into some general uh, game performances. We, we did our player of the game, um, the trade that happened, and, and some general lineup talk in the first segment. So. For the second segment, we're going to jump right into these player, um, I guess, game reviews if you want to call them that. Uh, Jalen Green, you know, he had a lot of hype coming into this game. Everyone really wanted to see what he was going to be able to do. He ended up with 27 minutes, um, 12 or sorry, uh, 12 points. Uh, he was a plus-minus of minus nine, not great, but he did get six rebounds, and that's something I definitely want to touch on early. And two assists, um, 28% from the field is not great, but he did get to the line six times um, for 67% there. Again, uh, kind of a running theme through some of these guys is going to be poor <laughs> for their shooting outside of, of a few of them. But um, he had a few highlight plays. Uh, he had the good dunk coming around the baseline. He had the, the good crossover with the kind of the wall fake. Um, to the high side and then stepping back through. Uh, I think he had one other highlight play. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, you know, I'm sure those will be the, all over Twitter, The lob all from media. KBJ. There you go. The, the lob from KBJ for sure. Um, I thought Green and Tice had, like, a decent pick and roll chemistry. That was one thing that kind of stood out to me early. I also thought Green's handle looked – it didn't look as good as KPJ's. I think KBJ seemed like he made a really big jump in his handle – uh, coming into this year but I think his handle looked a little bit better than um what I thought he was going to look like coming in he had the one play where he tried to go behind the back to split the double team which he didn't end up getting it but I think that was just kind of like a like a barometer of where his handle's at at this point um and then also he did a really good job of getting fouled when he was able to get inside he had the oh I, the other play I was thinking of was the one where he finished over Beal um through contact I really enjoyed that play and he was really aggressive. Um, trying to get downhill and getting fouled and getting to the line. So, you know, not a great shooting game from him. You know, I'm sure his first game he had a lot of jitters and was, was able to really let KPJ take over at a certain point. But um probably your thoughts on on Jalen Green and, and what he looked like in his first game.
1: Yeah, I think defensively he he didn't look too great. I think he can balls a lot, and that's something that we, we predicted coming in. Yeah. Um I think... He like sags off his defender in the corner to try and help him side and then doesn't really isn't really able to help inside the bunch. So he's mainly just leaving his his shoulder open. But those are things that he's going to work on and he's a rookie and you don't expect these guys to if if, he, if you if you draft an an offensive powerhouse, you're not expecting him to be a good defender off the bat. I think I really like his willingness to to pass the ball and and to play make it, and to play off ball and run around screens and stuff like that His 3 wasn't falling but i mean it's one game where you, you can't really to take too much out of it um something i really like that you touched on you said you wanted to touch on was his rebounding because last year the rockets were terrible at rebounding and this year We'll we'll go through the box scores, but there was a lot of rebounding from coming from multiple sources, and I don't know how the how the total rebounding battle went, but individually, all of these guys are getting a decent number of rebounds. Um, besides that, offensively, Green, Green looked fine. He was, as I said, moving off ball. Um, we got to see that his speed was not just playing against bad players. His speed translates into the NBA, and he could he easily blew past people. And then in the blink of an eye, he gets to the rim. But we saw that drive baseline, the, the defender was just looking around, seeing where he, where he went. We saw that fake uh, on Kyle Kuzma, and where the one that led to the finish over, over. I think Billy was uh, next to the rim where he tried to dunk, and he wasn't able to. So I think it's really good that his, his speed is, is translatable, and it's not just comparing him to bad players in, in the previous stages of his career. So so yeah, I think it wasn't a great game by him, but you know he's a rookie, and what you're looking for out of a rookie of a rookie is flashes, and he showed plenty of those.
0: Yeah, so kind of circling back around and one thing you brought up—the rebounding battle. The Rockets did win the rebounding battle, but it was close: um, forty-eight for the Rockets and forty-four for the Wizards. So, you know, I'll take winning the rebounding battle, even if it's close, over you know what we saw last year. It's, Not ideal um, rebounding performance for a lot of these guys. But, um, yeah, I think Green, his defensive processing wasn't great. Um, I think, like you said, he kind of was overhelping. And then he has speed to get that closeout down. But he doesn't get his – he doesn't react quick enough on the flight of the ball even with that good closeout speed to make up for how far he's cheating over. And, again, that's, that's something that he'll be able to, to work on with more reps and everything like that, and they will be able to go and watch the film and things like that. But um, I thought similar to KPJ, you know, he had some defensive effort, even though, if, even though he was trying to do too much. Um, I'd rather him try to do too much and then have to rein it in a little bit than to not be trying at all and then have to, you know, really prod him to um, be more engaged on that end. Let's move on now. Um, the second guy, Daniel Tice, right? We kind of knew what his role would be. Um, he was he's going to kind of be a dirty work guy, maybe get some spot-up attempts. I think he ended up uh, zero for three from three-point range. did make two out of three from the free-throw line, which, again, not – he only had three attempts, obviously. You know, if you miss one, you're going to be at 66%, but – you know, some of the guys struggled from the free-throw line today. He was one that actually did make uh, an okay number of free throws. And then uh, 12 points for Tice, five rebounds. So he was one of the other guys that I thought looked very good as a rebounder. Um, he had Him and KBJ almost had a few combo rebounds, which they ended up uh, getting snatched from them by Montrez Harrell, who's another super high-energy guy. So he kind of had that matchup going on of, of Tice versus Harrell. But um, what are your thoughts on, on Tice, Prague?
1: Yeah, Tha- Thais looked really good, and in the first two minutes he made two mid-range shots, and I was like, wait, I, I didn't know this was part of the package for Thaiz. Um, So I got really excited, but I mean, th- that's not what really you brought in Thais in for. Um, I think it's kind of sad that he didn't make his threes, but the fact that he made the, mid- the mid-range shots is kind of a signal that maybe his, his three was just not falling tonight. Uh, something about Thais that is really good Thais, is he's a really good screener and that's probably why we saw him screen most of the time instead of wood then probably what it the cooking staff recognizes is that size sets really hard screens and um, he's not Stephen Adams level but, but those were really really nice screens um, We saw him well we saw him finish well around the basket he, he hit five or six around the basket so oh no five six no um one uh, three or four so that's nice too i mean it, there's only so much you can say when a guy plays 19 minutes so yeah i think that's cool.
0: so we're gonna kind of skip down to a guy who came off the bench and then ended up having you know a pretty good performance um but josh christopher you know, ended up with uh, nine, sorry, yeah, nine minutes, 11 points, two rebounds, two assists. And the, really the thing that um, was amazing for Christopher in this game was his three-point shooting. That was really a, a point where he was going to have to struggle and, um, you know, grind coming in. But he shot amazing from three. And then he had uh, some a decent assist and a finish at the rim as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Christopher's game, Prog? Yeah, uh, Christopher...
1: I mean he did have those moments where, where it felt like he was trying to do too much He had like some crazy grab the rebounds and one touch pass to KJ Martin that went absolutely wild and, and, uh, and Martin couldn't catch it he, he still has those moments and he's going to have them for a while where he's trying to do too much And part, part of that will be fixed by him going to the G League most likely his three-point shooting, he shot the the, the, th- the, th- the three Z shot were were actually pretty deep from, from memory. So it was kinda crazy to see him make those. Um but yeah, once again, down the stretch, Christopher was one of the main guys that led us to the win. So not that it matters so much in, in the preseason game, but that was a that was something. I also felt like weirdly enough, and I know some other people brought it up, his defense wasn't too impressive considering he was playing Against like third, like third stringer guys. He, he, I think he got blown by like twice or something like that. Um, and he got stuck on, on some mismatches that's not fair to touch him on, but felt like I was more impressed with his offense rather than his defense. And in the summer league, we, it was the opposite.
0: Yeah. So for me, for Christopher, right. Um, when I was watching his tape coming in. I wasn't really blown away by his defense outside of really being an on ball pressure guy. Um, I thought he did some okay things and helped defense in summer league, but really that was his forte was really being an on ball pressure guy. And, um, you know, like you said, we didn't see that in this game. And that's okay because, like you said, similar to Jalen Green, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to, you know, take some lumps learning to, to really bring on the defensive end. But um, I didn't have as high of expectations as. For Christopher on the defensive end, as I think some other people did, um, like I say, he's really more of an offensive guy for me. Just looking at the tape and everything like that, but you know, I think offensively, I thought he had a great game and the three-point shooting. Like we said, something you really like to see um, in summer league. His passing really stood out for me, and he had some passing flashes tonight. But I think we won't really see him enough uh, on the main team to get him that type of you know time, the ball in his hand. So. Will be something to watch for if he goes down to RGV. Um, jumping ahead, uh, Christian Wood tonight. Christian Wood stat line. Um, let's see, 22 minutes, nine points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Which four assists for Christian Wood? Um, very pleased. I think he had one pass uh, out of the post or off a drive to Jalen Green in the corner for one of those assists. Um,
1: and two one to so keep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, seven rebounds, like we said earlier, this is a very good team rebounding game. So seven rebounds is a number I'm very pleased with for Christian Wood as a rebounder, especially if you're going to get, you know, a very wide range of rebounds. And Shingu, also we'll touch on him later, but he had eight off the bench. But um, I would like to see Wood's scoring be a little higher, and he is the guy that, you know, really is going to catch a lot of flack for this game for his free throw shooting. Because two for seven is just not going to get it done for, you know, a starting center who, like, builds himself as an all-star, right? You know, you're going to want to see him shoot better than that. And I believe he can shoot better than that. You know, he shot very well from three last season. Um, tonight from three, he was one of one. So, you know. But he was that wild. Size <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. So, not a huge not sample size
1: there.
0: Yeah. Not, like I said, not a huge sample size there, but he had enough of a sample size last year that, you know, I'm comfortable saying he's a pretty good shooter enough to to be better from two for seven. And, you know, it's early. This is the first preseason game, so you know, it doesn't count officially in the books anyway for his, his regular season total, but would like to see him get that up um, to a good level. And he was plus four, so, you know, can't be too um, sad with that overall. But what are your thoughts on C. Wood, just generally pro?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, the stats look good. For a guy that played 23 minutes, um, efficiency looks great. Ugh, his free throws are just so frustrating because you know he's a better player than, player than that. And if you, you know he's a better shooter than that. And usually, if you're a good shooter, you're a good free throw shooter. Um, so it just feels weird that halfway through last season, he became incredibly inconsistent with his free throw shooting. And I don't think, I don't remember if, if it was one of the things that he addressed during the summer. I think he emphasized um, playmaking above all, and it killed. He had four assists with zero turnovers, which is really good. Um, but yeah, I think if you're going to have a guy like Wood, that's so good on offense, if you want him, you, you have to maximize him on offense because he's not the greatest defender. Even though he's not terrible, he's not the greatest. So, if, you want, if you're going to have him on the court, you got, you got to uh, maximize what he can do. And like taking f- taking five shots as Christian who's probably the best player on the team uh, or at, at the very least second best is not good enough. And as I said, you, you got to be putting him in, in, in places to succeed and he's in, even more when he's shown you that he's an incredible finisher. So why is he not getting more shots?
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely agree that he needs to get more shots going downhill, particularly at pick and roll. Um, I think that's really yeah. where his strongest strongest I, I, suit is.
1: Yeah, I don't mean like post him up more or give him the ball on the perimeter more. No, that's absolutely not it. You got to you got to get him get him involved in the pick and roll he, as I said before. He's the I'm, I can confidently say he's the best off ball center in the entire NBA like there's no one who can roll and pop as well as Christian Wood. There's no like there's no center out there with the same mobility to attack closeouts on the perimeter. Like it's crazy. I, I really can't think of anyone quite as good as him and not using that, that aspect of his game. Some seems like something Silas and, and the coaching staff are going to have to work on.
0: I think AD would be comparable, but I mean, that's that's a very high bar. He's the worst shooter though. AD, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But um, the other elements of AD's game are, are definitely very good for sure. But I mean, if that's the comparison point, right? That's a very high bar. You know, you're not mad if AD is the one big that's that beating you out in those categories, but yeah, and, um,
1: and let, let me reiterate. I'm talking off ball, so yeah, uh, yeah, everybody knows there's a lot of superior centers, but off ball, feel like he's yeah. on the top one or two
0: for sure. Um, next, we're going to talk about, I guess, a group of guys here: um, Nuwaba, House, and Tate. You know, three guys that they were really next in the rotation. when We went through the minutes earlier. Tate at 18 minutes House at 17 And Rob at 16 Um, You know Tate had a few shots That he was kind of wild on Um, I thought his defense was Was hit and miss At times he had some good Good moments He also got beat off the dribble A couple times Which I mean it's going to happen But he had a a couple plays That were very good defensively as well I thought Tate Kind of quietly had a really good game as well Um, Let me see what Tate's Plus minus was Minus two for Tate But Um, four points in 19 minutes, two rebounds, no assist. Um, He did miss a couple of shots. He made both his free throws. He was one for four from the field. But I thought defensively he was very good in help. Um, He was good at point of attack, directing the ball handlers. Um, Obviously, I want to take another look at some of this film for um, the defensive end to really break it down. But my initial takeaway was I thought Tate looked pretty good defensively, kind of building on what he had done for last year. And you know, try needs to try to find his role in what the offense is gonna be this year with you know a different set of characters um, than we had last year on the roster. Do you have any thoughts on or I guess let me touch on David David Nawaba really quick as well. Nawaba was eight, eight points on eight points, two rebounds, um, two or three from the field goals, and then oh one from three, four or four from free throw. So very pleased with that. Um his wrist looks better. He, you know, looks healthy again after he, he was injured last year. But um, house sorry, house at four points as well, four rebounds. So um,
1: <laughs> thoughts yeah. on that group? Probably. Uh, about those three guys, I think they they're probably fighting for the same rotation mi- rotation minutes. And to me, none of them stood out uh, from the others. Uh, the stats look better for Nuaba, but he, I think he was also playing a little bit against the worst players on the Wizards that eventually came on yeah um i mean i just i feel like nobby also had a wild shot and i'm looking at it right now he had um a three-pointer that didn't even like touch anything like he, yeah. he was like so so line drive that it didn't touch anything uh and ultimately the guy out of these three the guy that spaces the four the best will probably be the one that gets the spot um, I think they're all pretty comparable on defense so I think that's that's what's going to make it uh, and we didn't really see any of that from any of them House went 0 for 3 uh, Noaba took one and it was really bad and Tate didn't take a 3 I don't think so it was I don't know. I think it, it wasn't the best game to, to make the judgment call on who should get those minutes.
0: Let me just see here real quick. Yeah, Tay did not shoot a three-pointer. Um, I would agree with that. Um, we'll see who really kind of shakes out those minutes. It was surprising that Gordon did get the role as a starter. Um, but, you know, I think there may be jockeying from those four guys throughout the season. We may see you know, the minutes totals, you know, vary wildly from game to game, depending on who's playing well. Um, just to touch on Gordon's stat line real quick, uh, six points on six point one rebound, two assists on two for three from the field and two and three from three. So, uh, he had, you know, probably a, an average Gordon game. Well, I guess we will say below average, but, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot. He kind of let the other guys um, work. Really focused kind of like an off-ball spacer. Defensively, looked fine. with look, like Eric Gordon we've known to uh, come to know and love. Um, any thoughts on Gordon real quick? Yeah.
1: Uh, Gordon's one of those guys that if the rotation is – in a game where the rotation is 14 or 15 deep, his stats aren't going to pop off. But um, for, for a guy that played 21 minutes, he had six points. He was really eff- efficient. He made two out of three uh, on threes. um what do you want out of Gordon as someone that can defend one-on-one? Um in a team where KP, uh, KPJ and Jalen struggled to do that. So I think that's that was probably the main cause for, for him to start. Um he shot well. That's that's pretty much all you can ask out of Eric Gordon, and we'll see uh as we go into the season with higher volume if if he can keep this up.
0: Definitely. Um so we're gonna to touch on three more guys. Uh, we're gonna do Armani Brooks next. Um, Armani didn't really get into the game until uh, it was mostly. I wouldn't say it was over, but he got in the, right at the very end. He only had two minutes, but uh, six points. You know, he had a clutch. Uh, I think he had a clutch three, and then he had uh, the free throws that sealed it. Um, you know, to give the Rockets the win. You know, I've I've advocated for more Armani Brooks minutes and you know a bigger role on the team, but it doesn't look like if he's only getting two minutes in, um, you know, the preseason game that we're going to see much of him. He may end up going down to uh, the G League with with Christopher. I mean, um, go ahead. We didn't really
1: see a lot of other guys. We didn't see Nick. We didn't see Talor mm-hmm. Bay. We didn't see uh, Anthony Lamb. So. I think it's a good thing that out of those really bottom of the barrel guys, we didn't see Kerry Thomas. Yeah. So I think it's good to see that out of those bottom of the barrel guys, that he was the one that got those minutes. And even if it's just two, and even if probably he got them because it was a late game situation and they needed a a four spacer, Um, an off ball, four spacer. I mean, you can't really tell uh, too much about what Brooks did. He hit the free throws down the stretch. He hit a uh, really quick three, and that's pretty much all you can ask. I mean, he also had um. I'm remembering now. He had the really good okay. transition play hold, where he pulled the up, ball. Hold off.
0: up, hold up, One second, Pro. I think I think Bleacher Report's not updated. It says he had eight minutes on on NBA.com stats. Yeah, so it says eight, eight
1: nine minutes. For yeah, me.
0: okay, yeah. So eight minutes is a lot more, and then yeah, eight for Christopher as well. Um, that's a decent enough sample size. So I we'll will we'll walk back the minutes thing, but. Um, I don't know why Bleacher Report's app not updating, but anyway, yeah. Uh, what, you're, what you're saying still applies, though, because, you know, Bay, Lamb, Nixon, Kyrie Thomas didn't get any minutes. You know, there's some people on Rockets Twitter that were high on Kyrie Thomas. Um, it does seem like Brooks has passed him up in the rotation. Um, yeah.
1: And something that's important to bring up, um, with the Rockets acquiring a second player, even if they're waving him right away. They still got a clear roster spot for him. So someone was waived before. Uh, I I don't know. I, I can't check right now, but someone had to be waved for cycle to be brought in and then waived again. And then because we were already at the twenty roster spots, and we still haven't solved the problem with uh, the choice between Axum, like who's come, going out of the fifteen for Axum to come in. Yeah. So the fact that we didn't see Kerry Thomas might be a little sign towards that. Uh, okay. The fact that we saw money Brooks and didn't see Anthony Lamb uh, might be a sign that uh, Brooks might take that spot over from Lamb. And yeah. we know Nick's got a two-way spot, the other two-way spot. So two guards at a two-way spot on a team that has a lot of guards also intriguing. But, yeah, I think there's really not much to say about Brooks other than what's been said
0: already. Cool. Um, we'll t- touch on Garuba, and then we'll, we'll do Shingoon last Um You know, Garuba came in. He hit a three. Everyone was really excited about that. Um, He was two for two, um, total of five points. But um, his defense, I thought it didn't look as good as it did at times in the Olympics. Um, It may just be who he was guarding specifically. Obviously, you know, he had the great, incredible defense on Kevin Durant. But... um, I thought Garuba came in and had an okay performance from him. I really didn't think he exceeded expectations too much. Um, but he did a couple of things that were interesting. You know, What are your thoughts on, on Garuba and how he performed? Yeah, r-
1: real quick, it's really good to have him to have him hit the card in three. I did not pay too much attention to if his form was changed at all. What it was that he went in? He also yeah. got, I think, I don't remember exactly if it was a, a pick-and-roll or a or a uh, a cut inside that he got his layup on. Other than that, on defense, he didn't really look too impressive, at least on the perimeter. He didn't really get a, ch- a chance to show anything inside either. So uh, not really too much to, to take away from, from Garuba's per- performance. He also had a turnover, I believe, uh, once he got uh, the ball under the basket and then he tried to feed it to a cutting XM, I think, at the time, and it didn't really work out, and they fumbled the ball. Yeah, but one yeah, yeah one turnover for Garuba. Yeah, no, not too much to, to talk about. He played six minutes, so he played even yeah. less than, than Brooks.
0: Yeah. Um, so now let's finish finish up and then or sorry, let's finish up with uh Shingun. You know, Shingun, 13 minutes for him, uh two or four from the field, uh one of four from the free throw line, you know, another guy who kind of disappointed with how he shot eight rebounds very good there and then three assists and even though he only had say so only had three assists um he had a lot of passes that you know found the right guy and he had the, the one pass that didn't turn into assist but he drove into the lane and kind of threw a wraparound pass to the corner um and, you know everyone on twitter was just going crazy for it at that point but i think it was um, house too okay um I would have liked to see him shoot more. He had a lot of times where he would get the ball either wide open at the top of the key or wide open kind of in the mid-range, and he would pump fake and then drive. Um, You know, it's not that I don't want to see him do that. It's that being willing to shoot was kind of one of the things that he came in as, you know, really needing to work on, and I felt like we didn't see that much from him. Obviously, you know, it's cool, it's fun to win the the preseason game and everything like that, but this is also a developmental time and this is also a developmental year. So, you know, like I said, it was fun to win the game, but I would like to see these guys, you know, do things that is going to help their development long term. And I I think Shingun being willing to take some of those shots is something that he's going to have to do. You know, as as great as it was to see him drive and, you know, make the great passes, um, it's also going to help him drive if that – defenders are going to close out even harder to him because then he's going to be able to, to really make a lot more space. And to be fair, he is a guy that doesn't need a lot of space to operate. He really knows how to be strong with the ball and, and secure with the ball in tight spaces and, and windows and things like that. But um, there's going to come a time where you're going to want him to take those shots. And I, I think now it's a low leverage time for him to get some of those reps in. Um, that was just my general takeaway. What are your thoughts on Shingoon?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it would have been nice to see him take those shots. I think that it was only one or two, so I'm not too too fussed about it. We yeah. saw him in the summer league take those shots, so hopefully it was just a, a one game off. Um, we saw again that he's really good at positioning for rebounds and, and battling down low well for the rebounds. Um, he is like really physical when attacking, and he gets fouled a lot, so he was a good free throw shooter i believe off memory uh 70% in turkey so it would be really nice to for him to to get up to that because people as he plays more and more people are going to realize that he's a really good he's a good finisher around the rim too so it will be worth more to follow him, and he needs to capitalize on those mistakes because people are really really like bodying him up and and it's going to be important for him to do that I think eight rebounds is a team high, so that's really impressive too for a guy that played 13 minutes. And something I didn't realize that I'm seeing now is he had five fouls in 13 minutes, so that's a little concerning as well. I think he had an offensive foul fighting for the board, so he's if he wants to stay on the floor and if he wants to be that backup to the first pick next on the line to see and and flies, he's going to have to not foul that much. Yeah. I don't think he fell too much in the league deal- in the summer league, but we'll see how that develops too.
0: Yeah, and just one comment on his defense, trophy. I thought he was doing a lot defensively in terms of you know being physical, but also being active. He had a couple of plays where he got his uh, you know hand in a passing lane, and let's see, did he have any steals? He had one the steal. steal. He had one steal, one block, but he had a couple of times, even though you know he didn't come up with the steal, he was doing a lot your, or in ball pressure he was really being active and things like that so you know defense is one area where he's going to need to progress but I thought he showed some signs kind of like you know we said other young guys show some signs defensively um show some flashes uh, of things that he can do well and I thought he did struggle at one point um with Gafford's athleticism you know Gafford had I think two lobs on him he didn't do a good job, you know, digging into Gaffer's legs to try to, you know, stop him from, from getting off the ground for those lobs. Um, but that's, that's something that can be built with reps, you know, being attentive to doing that and things like that. So I'm not too worried there. Um, he was also – he's seemed like he was stronger in terms of being able to – if he did stay in front of someone, you know, using his weight and using his strength to kind of take them off their line. So that was something I enjoyed seeing as well. Do um, you have any thoughts on his defense?
1: Yeah, I think I, we that that's not the stat that shows up shows up on the box score, but we Rockets yeah. and remember James Harden as being known for that they, they got some of the most tipped passes in the league, and we saw Sengun do that too. I I think off memory, I think he got two or three. I I remember him like intercepting some whops as well. So that's that's those little things that people people keep talking about Sengun that we saw in Turkey that we saw at, at Summer League and now we're seeing in preseason two. So the fact that it's consistently still there and he consistently looks a lot older than he is uh, when it comes to the little things is something that's really good and feels like it's projecting
0: onto the NBA level. For sure. And, you know, I think that is a pretty good rundown of, of most people. I think we did talk about KJ. Um, you know, KJ had an all right game to kind of touch on him a little bit, but um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. You know, we're trying to get this recap out to you guys tomorrow. Uh, it's our first one, so go easy on us. Uh, we'll go try to get better at these as we go forward uh, on the days that we do get to do the recap episodes, but I had a lot of fun watching this game um, and talking about it, and you know, we'll be able to dive into more of the film and footage tomorrow, um, kind of with everybody else, but Uh, In the meantime, make sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you you get your podcasts. Um, If you want to give us some feedback as well, we appreciate that to help us get better. This is definitely a good episode to give us some feedback on because this was a new experience for us. We're we're learning how to do these. Um, Don't forget to follow the pod at Apollo Launchpad as well as the Apollo HOU main account. Um, Like I said earlier, um, we got some new articles coming out. I know my, my, um, Kevin Porter Jr. season preview is going to come out shortly and Prod's a season preview. Who are you doing yours on Prod? Uh, Sengu. Sengun. Shingun. Okay, so there you go. So we have a lot more on Shingun for you guys. Um, and then, like I said, we dropped some new merch, and they have a bunch of Astros merch that just got released as well. Um, you know, everyone's excited for the Astros playoff run. That's hopefully going to go on for a while, but it starts this Thursday. Um, so definitely look forward to what they're doing. I think they're going to have some, some stuff for everyone tomorrow. Um you can find me on here on Green Room on the new Air App at Don Nog, real easy. Um, probably where can everyone find you?
1: Yeah, you you can find me on Twitter. I I channel everything I do into into Twitter too. So I probably on Twitter.
0: Cool. Um yeah, thanks for listening. look and we look forward to having y'all back next time.